You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom Christian in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Return of the Historic Faith. I'm your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson. Brother Matthew Marcel will not be joining us today or for any of The episodes we'll be doing on the Origins of Evil uh, book series. These are bonus episodes where I am reading Origins of Evil, book one, Kabbalah. And I'll be reading a chapter a day as I have done in the first two episodes And today we will be continuing where we left off yesterday with Chapter 3, Divided and Conquered, The Corruption of Israel and Judah. And at the end of today's episode, I am going to be giving you all some information that has not been released publicly thus far. As a matter of fact, today will be the first time and you all will be the first people to learn both the title and the author of one of the three new books that Kingdom Productions and Next Chapter Radio Network has coming out between now and March 27th. I'm going to be telling you all the name of the book and who the author is at the end of today's program. And tomorrow, at the end of tomorrow's program, I'm going to tell you all how you can get your free copy of the new second edition hardback copy of Origins of Evil Book One Kabbalah that we are reading in these bonus episodes. However, what we are reading in the bonus episodes is not the second edition. The new second edition in hardback format is a, it's not a completely different book, but it does have completely new information in it. It's got extended chapters. It's got um, four of the 11 chapters have been extended 
and there is a whole lot of new information in the book. Um, you, you can't, when you make a book a second edition or a new edition, in order for that to be possible, you have to add a significant amount of new content. You can't just republish the same book and call it a second edition or a new edition because it, it won't, it's impossible. Uh, the publishers will not publish it. So this new hardback second edition has quite a bit of new information and I think you all will enjoy it. And I'm going to be telling you all tomorrow at the end of the program how to get your free copy of it. It was submitted for publishing yesterday and should be available for sale sometime today or tomorrow, depending on how quickly it's approved. But without any further ado, we are going to jump right back in to Origins of Evil, Book One, Kabbalah. Origins of Evil, Book One, Kabbalah, by Pastor Jeremy Anderson. Chapter Three, Divided and Conquered, The Corruption of Israel and Judah. The books of First and Second Kings cover the history of the monarchy from the reign of Solomon in 970 B.C., to the destruction of Jerusalem in 587 B.C. After the death of Solomon, the United Kingdom was divided into the Northern Kingdom of Israel and the Southern Kingdom of Judah. Each king in the north and in the south was judged by the book's author according to whether or not he was faithful to God's covenant with Israel. As we shall see, nearly all of the kings were unfaithful and, according to the author, writing for those in exile, this was the reason for all of the bad things that happened to the nation of Israel. Their leaders turned from God and allowed pagan worship to replace the true worship of God Almighty. The first book of Kings, Division of Chapters, is one simple way to divide the chapters of the book is as follows. Chapters 1 through 11, Reign of Solomon, A United Kingdom, Chapters 
12 through 22, Israel and Judah, a divided kingdom. We will now look at some of the passages in these books. Chapter 3 Solomon asked for wisdom after sacrifice in the sanctuary. Solomon has a dream in which God reveals himself, telling him, Ask something of me, and I will give it to you. Solomon asked for an understanding heart and wisdom so that he can distinguish right from wrong and govern God's people with wisdom. God is so pleased with Solomon's request that he grants Solomon not only wisdom, but also great riches and glory. In God's words to Solomon, we note in verse 14 a conditional clause. If you follow me by keeping my commandments, I will give you long life. Chapter 11, The Sins of Solomon Solomon loved many foreign women from nations with which the Lord had forbidden the Israelites to intermarry. Because, he said, they will turn your hearts unto their gods. As we finish reading chapter 10, we might say all was rosy in the garden. Solomon is blessed with wisdom and wealth. He enjoys peace at home and abroad. But the seeds of destruction were sown early on in Solomon's reign. In chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, Solomon marries Pharaoh's daughter and he worships at the high places. Solomon's other wives turn his heart from following God's ways. His marriages to foreign women are contracted for political ends and shrines are built for his wives and traders. Such contracts, however, have jeopardized the purity of Israel's religion, which strictly forbids such marriages and tolerance of pagan worship. Because of Solomon's failure to follow God's ways, he receives a third and final visit from the Lord, who tells him, Since this is what you want, and you have not kept the, my covenant and my statutes which I enjoined on you, I will deprive you of the kingdom and give it to your servant. I will not do this during your lifetime, however, for the sake of your father David. It is your son whom I will deprive. Nor will I take away the whole kingdom. I will leave your son one tribe for the sake of my servant David and of Jerusalem which I have chosen. For the sake of political stability 
economic prosperity, unrestrained lust, and military strength, Solomon triggers an earthquake that will shake the kingdom of Israel to its foundations. Because of God's love for David, the consequences of Solomon's sin will not occur during his lifetime, but during the lifetime of his son. Now we turn to one of the darkest periods in Israel's history, the division of the nation into two kingdoms. Chapter 12, Revolt of the Northern Tribes Your father put on us a heavy yoke. If you lighten the harsh service and the heavy yoke your father imposed on us, we will serve you. After Solomon dies, all Israel assemble at Shechem to make his son Rehoboam king. The above quoted verse shows us how harsh Solomon had become on his people. He ended his reign as a tyrant. When the people plead with Rehoboam to lighten their burden, he asked for three days to reflect on the request. He listens to the old men and young men, but follows instead the foolish advice of his peers. Rehoboam's action leads to the division of the kingdom, which is described in economic and religious terms. Henceforth, the term Israel is normally used to refer to the northern kingdom, but is sometimes used to speak of the whole nation. The phrase God of Israel is intended to mean the whole nation. The southern kingdom, made up of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, is called the kingdom of Judah. In the introduction to 2 Kings, the Application Study Bible reads, 2 Kings continues the history of Israel, halfway between the death of David and the death of the nation. Israel had been divided and the two kingdoms had begun to slide into idolatry and corruption towards collapse and captivity. Second Kings relates the sordid stories of the twelve kings of the northern kingdom of Israel and the sixteen kings of the southern kingdom of Judah. For 130 years, Israel endured the succession of evil rulers until they were conquered by Shalmaneser of Assyria and led into captivity in 722 BC. Of all the kings in both the north and south, only two, Hezekiah and Josiah, were called good because of their obedience to God and the spiritual revivals during their reigns, 
you'd have stood for an additional 136 years until falling to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians in 586 BC. God has always been faithful and kept his promises. And although the children of Israel went into idolatry and sacrificed their children to the Watchers and Nephilim as their gods, there was always a remnant who remained faithful to the God of Israel. Unfortunately, the remnant had to go through the trials and tribulation with the rest of the people, but God always kept them safe through all of it. It was while in captivity in Babylon that many of the people of Judah started adding the practices and traditions of the Babylonian mystery religion to the pure religion of the Israelites. This plays a very important part in the changing from the God they worshipped from the God of the prophet Daniel to the gods of the mysteries. It's no secret that King Cyrus freed the Jewish people from the Babylonian captivity. However, what most do not realize is that only 50,000 Jewish people went back to the land of Israel to rebuild the temple. The rest remained in Babylon. The majority of the Jewish captives didn't learn anything from the judgment God had placed them under. Because the sin of idolatry, they were under judgment for only got worse during their captivity because they had added the customs and practices of the Chaldeans to the many forms of apostasy they were already practicing. It was only the covenant made with King David that kept the southern kingdom of Judah from being divorced entirely and scattered like the northern kingdom of Israel. There were very few righteous kings in either kingdom after the death of David. However, when Josiah, one of the two righteous kings, tried to restore righteousness among the people, the people simply would not respond. The Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city Jerusalem which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. 2 Kings 23:27. Just before the captivity, Ezekiel compared Judah to her elder sister Samaria, another name for the northern kingdom and to her younger sister, Sodom. The people of Judah continued to follow the pagan and idolatrous practices of their heathen neighbors instead of the commandments that Yahweh had given them through Moses and the prophets. Cunningham Geike described this period of time as 
the strong Egyptian faction in Jerusalem. This strong Egyptian faction had introduced the animal worship of the Nile Valley and had even turned a large room in the temple into a chapel for its services. The sun worship of the east had also found a footing in its court, in the very holiest spot of the sanctuary. About 25 men, presumably representatives of the high priest, stood with their backs to the temple, the open sign of apostasy, and worshipped the rising sun, their faces turned to the east. Hours with the Bible from Manasseh to Zedekiah. They even offered their children in sacrifice to the god Molech. See Jeremiah 32, 35. Jeremiah and other prophets told them that alliance with a decadent Egypt was a vain hope, for Egypt could not save them from a strong and ambitious Babylon, which had conquered Assyria and was now flexing its muscles at the east. But the leaders of Judah would not listen to the prophets. They threw Jeremiah into a pit. See Jeremiah 38, 1-11. The Lord withdrew his spirit, and the stage was set for another national tragedy. Twice Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against Judah. Twice he took captives, and twice he left Judah intact, thinking that they had learned a lesson. But they had not, and when Nebuchadnezzar finished his third assault, Jerusalem lay in ruins, hundreds of thousands were dead, and all but the very poor and weakest of the survivors were taken to Babylon. Like their northern sister, Judah had now reaped the whirlwind that they had sown with their own wickedness. The mixing of the Egyptian, Canaanite, Assyrian, and now Babylonian mystery traditions and religions by the religious leaders in the nation of Judah is what led to the practice of mysticism by the time of the Roman occupation. Well, that ends that chapter. It was actually the shortest chapter in the book other than the conclusion which is not actually a chapter so I am going to take this time to divulge the information that I promised and to explain a few things about the 
new titles that we have coming out here in the next, mm, let's see, month and a half, uh, two months at the most. I actually thought about reading two chapters today because of how short chapter 3 is, but chapter 4, which is Kabbalah through the ages of Pharisees and sages, is one of, if not the longest chapter in the book, so I decided it would probably be best to just wait until tomorrow and read it, especially since I wanted to uh, share this information with you guys, but I am going to be also telling you all how you can get a copy of the new hardback second edition of Origins of Evil Book 1. I'm going to be telling you how to do that tomorrow after we finish reading chapter 4. So be sure to tune in tomorrow and listen after I finish the reading of the chapter so you can find out how to receive your free copy. And because the new edition of the book is in hardback format it's actually a little more expensive than the paperback and it's I can't remember exactly how much the paperback is um, the paperback is either $12.99 or $14.99 something like that but the hardback edition is $19.99 and um that's because it costs more to print and to put it together because it's a, a hardbound copy instead of just a paperback. But enough talking. I will stop keeping you in suspense and we'll talk about the new book. Not the new book from me, but the new book which is entitled From Death to Life A True Life Story of Redemption and it will be out on March the 27th and it's by none other than Sister Mary Callie and it's actually her life story So, it's an autobiography. She has actually done a tremendous job in telling her own story. And, you know, who who better than to tell, you know, your own story than you yourself. So, anyways, I had the pleasure and opportunity to put the book together for her and edit it, and 
I am in the process of finishing up the editing and then I will submit it for publishing and it is set to be released on March the 27th and I know that you all will truly enjoy the book although it is a non-fiction and it is a biography it is a story that is well worth reading and for those of you who know Sister Mary Callie you may know some of the details of her life story but I can guarantee, unless you are a very close friend or a family member, you don't know the intimate details and the stories that are in the book. It is just, it's really an amazing story of God's grace and mercy in our lives and the victory that can be found in Jesus Christ. And I know myself, I was extremely touched by this story and I know that you will be touched by it as well. Sister Mary Callie is a truly wonderful woman, human being, and sister in Christ. She loves the Lord. She really does. She is a godly woman, if ever there was one. And I love her with all of my heart, as I know many of you do as well. So, I know that all of you will be looking forward to when this book finally comes out and is available for sale, but if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now, then you actually will have an opportunity to get a free copy of that book as well. Before this uh, bonus series of Return of the Historic Faith is over with, you will actually get an opportunity to get a copy of all three of our new titles. Yes, that's right, I said three, even though I've only told you about two. First, we have the new hardbound edition, the second edition of Origins of Evil Book 1 Kabbalah that I've been telling you all about that is already um, edited and submitted for publishing and should be uh, going on sale today or tomorrow. And I've told you all about Sister Mary Callie's new book, From Death to Life. But 
I haven't told you about the third book. And I'm not going to today, but I will be telling you about it tomorrow when I tell you how you can get your free copy of the hardbound edition of Book One Kabbalah. And if you continue to listen to the entire reading of Book One, then you will actually hear me give the details on how you can get your free copy of all three books. Book One Kabbalah in its hardbound form, the new second edition. Sister Mary Callie's book, From Death to Life, A True Life Story of Redemption. And also, the third title that will be released along with From Death to Life on March 27th. And I I really want to tell you what it is, uh, but I am going to wait until tomorrow, and I'm just going to let that go along with the information that I give at the end of the episode after we finish reading tomorrow's chapter. So... That is going to do it for today and this episode of Return of the Historic Faith, but I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to me read the third chapter of Origins of Evil, book one, and today we we finished the foundation of how the religion of the Israelites from the Old Testament changed from the worship of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God that we worship, to what you will soon find is the worship of a pantheon of gods, a true pantheon, the same as they worshipped in Old Testament times after coming out of the Babylonian captivity, and even before going into the Babylonian captivity, which caused them to have to suffer the judgment of God in the first place. We went over the watchers who came down on Mount Hermon and their mating with the human women, the sons of God mating with the daughters of Eve in Genesis chapter 6 and Enoch chapter 6 in the first chapter of the book and then yesterday in the second chapter of the book we continued looking at the watchers and 
the divine council and how the different gods of the Gentile nations became the gods of those nations and their religions in the first place. And then today, of course, we learned about how the nation of Israel was split from one united kingdom into a divided kingdom and then conquered by Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar and then how they started before and after they were taken into captivity the worship of these pagan gods that we learned about in chapters 1 and 2. So that sums up the first three chapters but tomorrow we will actually start learning about this mystery religion itself this type of sorcery that is used in literally every form of Satan worship, magic, secret societies, and the occult. It is literally entrenched in every form of esoteric magic and witchcraft. So, I'm looking forward to reading you guys chapter 3 and the rest of the book and I hope that you are looking forward to hearing it as we will dive into it together tomorrow. Alright, brothers and sisters, that's going to do it for today. So, for Kingdom Productions, the Next Chapter Radio Network, and Return of the Historic Faith, I'm Pastor Jeremy Anderson, saying God bless you all, grace, and peace.